What's going on, everybody? Arjo Choa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we know that you are excited because the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, were just victorious. Victorious might not be a strong enough adjective. To, I don't know if it's an adjective or an adverb, whatever. It might not be a strong enough word to qualify what the Dallas Cowboys did to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, November 14th, 2021. 43-3, the final score. It was all too well to go with the theme of the weekend across all of the media space. The Dallas Cowboys announced themselves as legitimate contenders. Do I mean that they announced themselves as legitimate contenders by beating the lowly Atlanta Falcons? No, I don't. The Dallas Cowboys were embarrassed last week against the Denver Broncos. You know that as well as I do. We were all very frustrated when we came here for our Dallas Cowboys postgame show on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel and Facebook page. By the way, make sure you like our Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have tons of quality things that come out every single day all throughout the week as we get ready for each and every Dallas Cowboys game. But we sat here on the postgame show last week and we said, you know what? They're going to say that this was a blip on the radar. They're going to say that this was an aberration. They're going to say that this isn't really who they were. And to the Cowboys' credit, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, all of them, they came out, they said, you know what? We we ate the cheese. You know what? We got a little bit too big for our britches. We were starting to feel overconfident. We really, you know, we, we needed this loss. We needed to be humbled. And we all said, that's great, you know, that you come out and you say that. But that's not going to mean anything unless you go out and you're not just beat, but you destroy the Atlanta Falcons. And so here we sit with the game over in under three hours, people. A record-setting time for a Dallas Cowboys contest. They're giving us plenty of time to hang out together here. The Dallas Cowboys demolished the Atlanta Falcons 43 to 3 the Falcons did not score a single touchdown against their former head coach in Dan Quinn this one was for Dan Quinn incredible performance lots to get to this is your post game show as we say every single week I am merely your puppeteer you control me by all the strings you are Geppetto and I am Pinocchio I think that was their names uh in the movie whatever you want to talk about we will get to we will of course touch on winners and losers with a slight amendment because as many of you are already saying in the comment section on YouTube and Facebook there are no losers today when you beat a team 43 to 3 when you come back and you make a statement like this when you hang 43 points on anybody in the NFL I don't care who it is. There are only winners. We have 10 winners to get to today. In fact, we have 11 winners to get to today because the Washington football team won. The Washington football team, I know it feels weird for you to root for them. I know you're going to say, I only root for the Cowboys. That's great. You can be on that hill all you want. But it is massive news for the Dallas Cowboys that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost on the day that they won. Huge playoff ramifications happening all around us with the Dallas Cowboys. We're all obviously rooting for the San Francisco 49ers, rooting for the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if we'll get those things. Rooting for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Brad Rodeman, I see you celebrating in the comment section and going to say, no, I don't like that. We are never going to celebrate any player getting injured on any team. It is very unfortunate that Chase Young was injured for the Washington football team. We want to win. We want our adversaries and our rivals to lose, but we don't want that to happen. We never want anybody to be hurt or to sustain any sort of injury that is unfortunate but uh it is time to begin what do you want to talk about everybody let's go ahead and get to it. let's start in fact with uh you know i maybe it's a hot take but i'm gonna go ahead and say it this was mike mccarthy's finest hour very curious to see if you agree with us in the comments section 
Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of praise for how the Dallas Cowboys played and dominated in this particular contest. Again, we all said this was this was something. You know, the Cowboys they lost last week, but they got to come back. And everybody questioned. I know, I know who you are. All right, you out there, you said. And this is what a lot of Cowboys fans do. And if you are somebody who likes Mike McCarthy, which is the minority, it seems you have heard this from people. People last week, when the Cowboys go for it on fourth down, they don't get it. Why are they doing that? Why do they do that? Just, just you know, just punt. Just, just kick the field goal. Why you always got to go for it? And those people, they love to say, I wouldn't have gone for that. I disagree with going for that. All this aggression, all this newfangled stuff in the NFL, I don't like it. But then today when Mike McCarthy goes for it early on in the game against the Atlanta Falcons, those same people are coming out saying, that's it. That's when you go for it. That's the one I would have done. I agree right there. Finally, they're getting it right. Here's the thing, people. Mike McCarthy is the same guy today as he was yesterday. He's, he's going to be tomorrow. He's going to be on Tuesdays. He's going to be on Victory Polo Monday, by the way, tomorrow. Mike McCarthy is aggressive. Scott Walls, or Wells, excuse me, says it on our YouTube feed. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. This is what we want to see. We want to see what Mike McCarthy is doing from the Dallas Cowboys. The previous regime for this team just settled for things, right? Let's just go out and win. Nah, nah, to hell with that. We don't want to just win. We want to dominate. We want to end teams. At one point in this game, the Dallas Cowboys got up on the Atlanta Falcons 28-3, to which obviously inspired an enormous amount of jokes and some fun, etc., etc. And you know why the Atlanta Falcons lost that Super Bowl. It was because they got conservative. It was because they turtled up. And you know what Mike McCarthy did when he was up 23? He said more. He said again and again and again, like Herb Brooks in the movie Miracle, make him run all those laps or skate all those laps, whatever. Again, we want more. We are never satisfied. More, 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 more touchdowns, more scoring, more, more, more. As Weston Harris says on Facebook, take no prisoners. One of the most impressive things that Mike McCarthy did in this game after the Dallas Cowboys got the pump block for a touchdown, which we'll get to. We have a lot of things. In fact, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and play this clip because this was this was just, I mean, just just let's just play the clip. Linebackers and getting him the ball in space. And the block! It's loose! And the Cowboys are going to get this one maybe in the end zone! is losing its mind. Dorrance Armstrong. Wow. I never saw a touchdown signal, even though he came out of it in the end zone. It was certainly close. Nashawn Wright. Boy, what a different. I mean, think about last week. They blocked it. Wright got his hand on it. Passed the line of scrimmage and Denver recovered. Sometimes you just have those days. That was them last week, and now on the complete opposite side, they are having themselves a day. Look at that big right arm on the block point. Does a nice job avoiding by Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, there it's then it just becomes a wrestling match in the end zone for the ball. Clearly in. So what's impressive about this, and by the way, I mean, we have a lot of winners to get to. We have an enormous amount of winners. Seriously, lots of, lots of, lots of winners to get to. But after the Nishan Wright recovery for a touchdown for the Cowboys, puts them up 34-3 to on the extra point. By the way, not a winner today, but an honorable mention to Lareem Harulahula. Difficult last name to pronounce. Nailed it. I did. No big deal. Congratulations to me. But Cowboys successfully convert the extra point. However, the Atlanta Falcons have 12 men on the field. Cowboys have an opportunity. We can either take the penalty 
penalty yards on the kickoff, or we could get a short two-point conversion attempt. So what does Mike McCarthy say? More. Again, I know I'm up 34 to 3. I know it's about to be halftime, but I don't care. I want more. What do the analytics say? I'm going to go with that. And that is why Mike McCarthy, to get things started, our winners and losers conversation. I don't know how you could have watched this game and disagree with this. Mike McCarthy is a huge winner. And because of him, the Dallas Cowboys are winners. The Dallas Cowboys are seven and two people. They are seven and two. They have more wins the week before Thanksgiving or I guess two weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know how that qualifies. They have more wins two Sundays before Thanksgiving than they had all of last year combined. All right, now some extenuating circumstances in 2020, et cetera, et cetera. I know my vision was off track. Christian McCaffrey was about to score a touchdown. I have some personal investments in that, so rooting for Christian McCaffrey getting into the end zone. But the Detroit Lions, by the way, in overtime with the Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll see how that goes. But loved this. Loved, loved McCarthy saying, we want more. We want to go for two. We want to go for two because we are never settled. As Andre Brown says, short two-point conversion attempt. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the score is. I don't care if you have just scored on a pump block touchdown. If you get that, if you get that 12-man penalty on an extra point attempt, you decline, or you don't decline, you decline your even converted extra point and you take it and you go for two because that is the mindset that wins football games. And I'll say this, and everybody's going to roll their eyes. That is the mindset that wins championships, all right? We finally have that person, that disposition, that mentality, that aggression leading this team. This is the exact type of person to coach a team with this particular set of offensive skills Mike McCarthy seriously all credit in the world incredible performance from him in this game and you know what Mike McCarthy deserves an enormous amount of credit for getting his team back on track Greg Olson Kevin Burkhart Pam Oliver were on the call actually last week against the Broncos for the Cowboys in this game so back-to-back games for them and Greg Olson talked about this week how you know when he sat down with Mike McCarthy for their production meetings that McCarthy said it was difficult to find a balance how much do you dwell on that loss how much do you make it a thing do you do the cliche thing and bear the tape and whatnot and then how much do you focus and Mike McCarthy found the right balance Mike McCarthy knew you can't totally decide we're not going to be that team etc you have to turn the page it's a week-to-week league in the NFL as evidenced by the fact that the Washington football team beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today anything can happen and that's what happened to the Dallas Cowboys last week they lost they got humiliated they got destroyed by the Denver Broncos and they came back and absolutely dominated against the Atlanta Falcons. So all credit in the world to Mike McCarthy. Let's move on. Your winners, whoever you got, there's not any losers here. By the way, Cam Newton just scored for the Carolina Panthers. Again, that's what happens when the Cowboys play at noon. We have other things going on. He took his helmet off. I wonder if he's going to get penalized for that because the NFL doesn't believe in fun. But Cam Newton in the end zone for the Carolina Panthers once again, which is a big deal, people, because we are rooting for the Arizona Cardinals to lose. So pending the extra point, the Panthers at the time of our live show are up six to nothing in Arizona. There is a flag on the play. I bet that is for Cam taking his helmet off because, again, the NFL doesn't like any fun. But let's get back to winners because there is just so much to talk about, so much fun, so many good times. Next winner for me, Dak Prescott. What? A performance. What an incredible performance for Dak Prescott. And it had been a while to be very clear that we had seen Dak Prescott dominate like this. And some of that was just the weird timing of it all. The Cowboys obviously had that big win in New England on the road in overtime themselves. They're on their bye. Dak doesn't play against Minnesota. Dak has a horrible game like a lot of people against the Denver Broncos. So it had been a while since we saw the Cowboys and since we saw Dak Prescott's Cowboys 
flex their muscle. But he's back. Dak Prescott was incredible in this game. He was remarkable in this game. 24 of 31, 296 yards, two touchdowns through the air, both to CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb, by the way, 94 yards off of six catches, left the game with an arm contusion. We'll see what happens here monitoring the situation uh, as, you know, the uh, postgame comments roll in. But seemed like everything was all right. Dak Prescott also had a rushing touchdown. Dak Prescott, to be frank, people here, is just a grown man. He is a grown man, and he is going to, no matter what the circumstances are, again, Dak Prescott, and, and, you know, football people will take this and think it's silly and think it's a joke. Dak Prescott is Mike McCarthy's quarterback, and that's why this marriage is starting to flourish because Dak Prescott is the same guy that we just talked about, Mike McCarthy. He doesn't care what the circumstances are. He doesn't care what the score is. He wants more. He wants more. He wants more, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get more, including running in a touchdown in a meaningless little bit of a moment, if you want to call it that, late in the third quarter to really, not that this game was in jeopardy, but effectively ice this game. Dak Prescott is just marvelous. Tight end. Prescott rolling, going the other way, looking, going to run it in. He's in. Touchdown, Dallas. Drinking some coffee because it's one of those days we have to have enough energy to stay up with the moment. Kevin, I agree with you. Kevin says on YouTube, Dak needs to not lower his shoulder in blowouts. Agree. Again, Dak, I, and look, it's hard to say don't do that. And I get where you're coming from, Kevin, because you don't want to see that. There is a line of thought to that, right? We talked about that last week against the Denver Broncos. Why did Mike McCarthy have Dak Prescott and everybody else out there when the game was already over for the two garbage time touchdowns to Malik Turner? Well, you know, you can debate that. I disagreed with that. And we kind of saw the Atlanta Falcons abide by a similar philosophy today. They pulled Matt Ryan in the fourth quarter in favor of Josh Rosen because he was the sacrificial lamb in that moment, so to speak. And I'm with you, but you can't, you know, it's, it's, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to disagree, but you know, I'm disagreeing with myself more than anything. You can't tell Dak not to be that dude. Cause that's who he is. Dak, like I said, he doesn't care when it is. He doesn't care what the score, he doesn't care what the circumstances are. He's going to lower his shoulder because he's going to do whatever he can to earn a victory for the Dallas Cowboys. He is a dream. If you are somebody who has come around on Dak Prescott, welcome to the resistance. We've been leading it since 2016. If you're somebody who still doesn't get it, Yep. Enjoy not enjoying this. This is an incredible ride. He's an incredible person to root for. He's an incredible Cowboys, one of the more rootable, more rootable for Cowboys in modern Dallas Cowboys history. He is he is perfect. He is a dream. Dak Prescott has, I mean, just an incredible performance for him. Big time winner here on the blog and the boys post game show. Hillary Molly Vegas, thank you for the super chat. Says our defense goes as our offense goes. Don't know if they can carry on their own, but when our offense is awesome, so are they. And, you know, that's something that people talked about last week, right, is, you know, look at the time of possession against the Broncos. Defense was on the field forever, et cetera. You know, the Cowboys defense against Denver early on was somewhat legit, held their own, you know, forced a couple punts, interesting sort of things and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this this Cowboys defense is not built to carry anybody, right? We know that. This, this Cowboys defense is built to hang on, to be part of the ride, and to have some opportunistic moments. We saw those opportunistic moments today against the Atlanta Falcons. We saw those three turnovers. And when those things happen, when everything is working in symmetry, it's beautiful music. It's beautiful music because those turnovers lead to short fields. And what is an offense, specifically an elite offense's best friend? It's a short field. The Cowboys defense gave the Cowboys offense that three different times today against the Atlanta Falcons. They deserve all the credit in the world, but I totally agree with this. This defense is it, it depends. It doesn't depend on the offense as far as results go, but the, the offense is, uh, you know, to, to quote the movie Drumline, all right, you know, when the band director's talking, he says that, you know, I'm, 
let me be very clear. I was on the drumline in high school. And when you're on the drumline in high school, you sign a document that says at any opportunity throughout the rest of your life, you have to remind people that you were on the drumline in high school. And so I was on the drumline in high school. And I loved that movie at the time because that's all I had going on. And in the movie, the band director talks about how the drumline is the heartbeat of the, of the band. The drumline sets the beat, sets the tone, sets the tempo, et cetera, et cetera. The Cowboys offense is, or excuse me, the Cowboys defense is not the drumline. The Cowboys defense is the cornets, is the trombones, is the saxophones and the clarinets and the flutes. They're great. They make great music. They're they're the pit, you know, the, the ensemble. They're everything else, but they need that drumline. The Cowboys offense is the drumline. I'm so far down the rabbit hole in this analogy that I need to abandon it uh, for my own sanity. Next winner, CeeDee Lamb. Oh, my goodness gracious. CeeDee. D. Lamb, we mentioned the stat line, 94 catches off of six receptions, two touchdowns. Again, keeping our eyes available uh, for any particular quote, any bit of information um, as far as CD and the arm contusion. But CD was miraculous. And if you're new around here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, we do do live roundtables every single Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Time. And this week, to end our roundtable, I asked our cast of people that were present with us, I said, who would you say is the most disappointing cowboy through at the time, what was eight games? Obviously, now we're through nine. And we talked about some different guys. And I said, relative to context, relative to expectation, maybe CeeDee Lamb. Because we we all entered this season saying CeeDee Lamb is going to have his alpha season. CeeDee Lamb is going to take off. CeeDee Lamb is going to blow up. CeeDee Lamb is going to glow up in 2021. And we've had some kind of weird wonky moments with CeeDee, right? Some some weird drops and some unfortunate things, et cetera, et cetera. But CeeDee really came alive in this game. And that's what CeeDee does against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. It's only been two games but last year after the watermelon kick you'll remember cd had an important first down conversion for the cowboys and cd was just kind of the big play explosive guy for dallas today i mean cd was awesome cd was was perfect cd was i mean cd was a superstar cd is i mean what can you say he's cd lane third and seven blitz coming prescott in trouble lofting it to the corner Dean Pease dials up zero coverage across the board. It's man across. Everybody else is going to pressure. They got a free hitter off the left side. But watch Dak. He's going to just retreat, and he's going to just throw it to a spot, put air under it. He knows exactly where C.D. Lamb's coming out. You know, C.D. is... um... Starting to blow up, starting to blow up. Murder, she wrote, uh, thank you for the super chat, says Victory Polo Monday and number 13 is back. That's right. Thank you, Murder, she wrote. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, the Monday after Dallas Cowboys game. And we're coming up on this time of year, so I'm going to take now to issue a public service announcement. When the Cowboys went on Thanksgiving or Thursday night football, the Friday after is still Victory Polo Monday. It's just a different day, all right? It's, it's a brand, people. It's Victory Polo Monday. But tomorrow is indeed the seventh Victory Polo Monday of the season, which it do is you take a polo it doesn't even have to be a polo a t-shirt a cap even if you don't have any piece of cowboys garb as long as you got a cowboys song on your heart take a selfie tweet it at us i'm at rj ochoa on twitter and instagram we are at blog of the boys on twitter at blogging.the.boys on the gram tag us we'll share them we'll have some fun we'll celebrate because the dallas cowboys are winners once again thank you murder she wrote by the way michael gallup i thought was impressive in his return had the great catch near the sideline michael gallup had some you know 
we have to remember here contextually this is Michael Gallup's or, or was Michael Gallup's second game of the season late in the game we saw him saw Malik Turner get some snaps saw Noah Brown coming in a little bit more I mean Michael Gallup is still kind of getting into game shape this year he's only played one game he's also obviously coming back from the cash chain so there is that to consider as well Michael Gallup finished the day three catches 42 yards 14 yards per reception. He's always been a big play guy for the Cowboys, so kudos to him. I think that we have a troll here. Uh, the comments can have my back and correct me if that is the case, but Kenneth Cook, uh, I believe, is an Eagles fan trolling us. I'm not certain, again, relying on you commenters to let me know, but Kenneth, uh, either way, uh, says most disappointing Cowboy is 21, number Elliott. Uh, this is just going to um, you know, serve as a launching pad because I do want to address Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't think was a loser by any means in this game. In fact, let's go ahead and say it. I have Ezekiel Elliott as a winner today. Zeke had the two touchdowns, both near the goal line, so nothing fantastic. But I, you know, I write winners and losers every single week at blogontheboys.com, so the article portion of this uh, conversation will come out probably late sometime today on Sunday evening at our site. Uh, but, you know, what, what I plan on writing about Zeke is Zeke is – Zeke is truly whatever the Dallas Cowboys need him to be. And, and that is a really special thing. We've had the discussion. We've talked about it for years and years and years about how Zeke and the contract and running backs, do they matter on and on and on and on. And Zeke, look, he'll be an elite running back. He'll be somebody who pulls up touchdowns. Is, is he the same running back he was as a rookie? You know, I tweeted yesterday on Saturday. It was the five-year anniversary of the Cowboys winning on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and everybody remembers the game winner there. Lots of the comments on Twitter were, man, where's this Zeke? Haven't seen this guy in forever, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe he's not that guy anymore as an actual runner, but you know who Zeke is? He is an evolved football player. Zeke will be whatever the Dallas Cowboys need him to be. He is maybe the most versatile player in that sense on this roster. Zeke is fantastic. And I know he had the two touchdowns, but my favorite Zeke play in this game, it came on the first Dak Prescott touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. Watch Zeke Elliott. Watch this block. This only happens because of Zeke Elliott. It's coming. Picked up. Prescott unloading. End zone. Caught by Lamb. Touchdown. We said before, I mean, just a really good route. You're going to see C.D. Lamb here. He's going to release. He's going to get Fabian Moreau. Once he gets that leverage, KB, where the defender's inside and he knows he's going to run away to the pylon, now it just it takes a good throw to take him to the boundary, uses his body to go up and get it. Good play design. We said it earlier. Great job by Zeke Elliott buying his quarterback time. The Carolina Panthers, by the way, this is what happens when we're on live at different times, people. Robbie Anderson touchdown. I think I'm catching the end of this. I think Cam Newton threw it to him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the replay is only showing Robbie Anderson, but the Carolina Panthers at this moment, people, get your party hats out, are up 13 to nothing, the extra point pending on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. 2015 NFC Championship game rematch. It does look like Cam Newton threw that. Man, I tell you what, Cam looks incredible, that uniform. All right, just never felt right, Cam not being with the Panthers. Nice to see Cam Newton back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I thought the Detroit Lions were about to win this thing. It's about, uh, okay, whatever. Anyway, it's a whole different thing. Look, again, it's what happens when the Cowboys play at noon. We have a lot of things we're juggling in the air. We have to keep you updated on what's going on. Uh, thank you to our super chatter, Davis Sanchez, who says, what's up, man? Love your work. Davis, I love you. Uh, but we are back on track. We needed a good humbling after last week. Last week, definitely tough for the Cowboys. In fact, I wanted to use this tweet uh, as a response to Davis's comment from Pro Football Hall of Famer Gil Brandt. The Dallas Cowboys people became the first team to follow up a two-touchdown loss, which is what they obviously had last week against the Denver Broncos, a loss by uh, 14 points when it was all said and done after that garbage time. Uh, 
to follow up a two-touchdown loss with a 40-plus point win. The last team to do this before the 2021 Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. I know it's going to trigger you. The 2014 Green Bay Packers, who were obviously coached by Mike McCarthy and who obviously benefited from that stupid ruling at Lambeau Field after Des Bryant leapt into the air like the superstar he is and caught it. But whatever. Here's the thing. And I know that Mike McCarthy, you know, and this is a great point from Davis, how the Cowboys needed that humbling. That's who Mike McCarthy is. He's been there. He's done it. He has seen it all. Thank you, Brian Bradford, for noting that Cam Newton threw it. I believe that Cam Newton has only been on two plays right or today so far for the Panthers and that both of them are touchdowns. But think about this, people. Twice in the last eight years, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy led teams and not just different teams in different years, but literally different organizations, different franchises twice in the last eight years. And I'm reading this just to make sure or to to be correct about this. Mike McCarthy led teams have followed up a two touchdown loss with a 40 plus point win. We talked about this actually on our roundtable show. We tweeted it out. We wrote about it as well this week at the site. Aiden Davis does a great job analyzing different statistical points for us. And we looked at all of the big time blowout losses that Mike McCarthy has suffered over the course of his career. And more often than anything else, in fact, 31% of the time, Mike McCarthy has responded with a 14 plus point win. And Mike McCarthy, whatever it is, I mean, when 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 the going gets tough, when, when it gets hot in the kitchen, Mike McCarthy pulls out that fire extinguisher and puts it out and then you know like freeze rays at all mike mccarthy is um is amazing i see we have another troll uh some people are looking for attention here because they're sad that their team is not seven and two if there's a troll in here people don't even say it if there's a troll making a trolley comment just ignore it and you know what i want you to say if there's a troll in here just say that Dallas cowboys are seven and two anytime you see a troll in here we don't want to you know pay any sort of attention to them we just want to shed positive energy into this the Dallas Cowboys are seven and two they are one of the very best teams in the National Football League they are well in contention this year to potentially win the Super Bowl so we'll obviously see what happens uh let's see here uh Richard Smith says next winner needs to be Terrence Steele Richard I don't want to upset you I don't want to you know argue anything I do not have him as a winner now Terrence Steele look it was tough I had to limit it to 10 I mean it was this was difficult you know sometimes it's tough to get you know five winners. Sometimes it's tough to get five losers. You know, it's, it's a difficult proposition. Terrence Steele was remarkable. And so he, he makes, he misses my list, but I have no problem if you want to put him on yours. And that's another example of, uh, and by the way, keeping tabs is the Green Bay Packers uh, now getting into the red zone against the Seattle Seahawks. But the Cowboys trusted Terrence Steele in the beginning, right? When Lyle Collins got suspended, they said, we're going to put Terrence Steele at right tackle. We all said, no, we all said, what are you doing? We all said, play Zach Martin at right tackle and let Connor McGovern play right guard. What are you doing? And guess what they did? They shut us up. And last week, Terrence Steele had a bad game. Lots of people had a bad game against the Denver Broncos. And you know what the Cowboys did? They said, we're not going to freak out. We believe in Terrence Steele. We believe in what we're doing. We don't necessarily believe in the Atlanta Falcons pass rush. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to stay the course. And Terrence Steele was awesome. Terrence Steele deserves all the credit in the world. All credit to Terrence Steele. Good for him. No issue with that. Just didn't make my particular list. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Musa might be Mousa. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If you could spell it phonetically, that would be uh, something that I would personally appreciate. Musa, I'm again, going to try this. Difficult to land this. Onigone uh, says, John Fossil, we do make plays on special teams on a regular basis. Um, I'm ready to say that, and I see Kevin chiming in here. Um, uh, thank you, Musa, for letting me know it is Musa. The last name is what tripped me up a little bit more, if I'm being honest with you, but doing my best to get it right. Always want to get your names right, people, because it is such a, a, a gift that you spend your time with us. So definitely want to make sure we get your names right. If you can help us out, that would be appreciated. But John Fossil deserves credit. 
And I know he could be a little bit wily, right? We know that. We know that John Fossil can, can be a little bit spicy. We know that John Fossil likes to live on the edge, right? That's kind of the John Fossil way. Back-to-back weeks with block punts. John Fossil's doing something, doing something great. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you don't, you know, it's just you don't pay attention to it, right? It's like it's working, so let's just let John Fossil have it. Like, go crazy, talk about vasectomies and everything you want to. As long as it's working, as long as the results are there, we have no issue with it, John Fossil. Uh, Musa, it is Unugan, thank you very much. I think I, I got that right. So thank you very much, Musa. Thank you for the comment. Agree with you that John Fossil deserves his credit. God Cypher Divine 704. Thank you for the super chat. Says 40 burgers on the menu. Very much so. These are doubles. I mean, this these are double 40 burgers with bacon and with uh you know chopped onion, not grilled onion. Don't be one of those weirdos. Chopped onion. And maybe this is one of those burgers that you get like a fried egg on and some avocado, right? On like a, a special bun, like a sourdough bun. This was a magnificent and immaculate burger that the Cowboys cooked up against the Atlanta Falcons. So good for them. Uh well done by the Dallas Cowboys. Agreed. Odessa Graham says, winner, Micah Parsons. Odessa, you know what, my friend? I agree. And I don't know that there was um, any sort of flash play from Micah Parsons in this game. I don't know. There was like, you know, there, there wasn't a, and we'll get to Dorrance Armstrong, but there wasn't anything, um, you know, like this real sexy moment from Micah Parsons. But here's the thing. Micah Parsons has raised the floor and I'm going to say this and this might upset you. All right. And I don't necessarily just mean, uh, Odessa. I mean, everybody, but, um, and William Wilson says Eagles LMAO. Um, I don't know if anything has happened to the Philadelphia Eagles. I haven't seen anything about it. I'm watching uh, the red zone channel behind, uh, my screen here to fully, uh, you know, pull back the curtain. The green Bay Packers missed their field goal, by the way, the Seattle Seahawks about to take over. No more snow there. Oh, the Eagles are now lining up for a, uh, a field goal. I see what the issue was here. Uh, but look, y'all, I'll bring in mentioning the Micah Parsons sack. I agree with that. The Eagles did convert this field goal. So not sure what the situation is there, but they're up three, nothing on the Broncos. Anyway, um, my whole point with like Micah Parsons, the thing I was going to say that was going to, I think, upset you is Micah Parsons is playing like somebody that I don't think any Cowboys defensive player has played like over the last five years in terms of attitude and disposition. He's just a different animal out there. He, he is something that just has not been here. There have been you know, good players, great players on the Cowboys defense. There have been players that were really good at certain things. But Micah, Micah's just different. I mean, Micah is Micah's like that actor that makes everything sing. He's he's you know Steve Carell on The Office, right? Like everything else is still really good, but he it, it doesn't work without him. It's it's not the same without him. I mean, Micah just. I mean, just raises the again, it's a it's a hollow way to put this, but it, it raises he raises the floor, raises the disposition, changes the attitude, changes the expectation, however you want to put it. That is what Micah Parsons uh, you know, brings to this team. Uh Israel Prieto says, Thank you for the super chat. Says, great victory today, RJ. How can you assist the Cowboys from a journalist standpoint to keep continued success? Polo Monday. Here's the thing. I think, by the way, uh, Israel, not to cut you off, that the Panthers just intercepted the Arizona Cardinals. People, get the party bus going. We might be getting help all over the NFL today. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful time to be alive. Seriously. what a, The birds are singing. The food is great. The coffee's warm. Everything is awesome. But uh, as far as what we can do to continue to assist them, I think just believe, right? I mean, I, I – we can believe in this team, and we do believe in this team. That's the answer, right? Like, we believe in this team, and that's why after weeks like last week, we can say we're not going to panic. We can say it was not good. It was not great, but we're not going to panic. Everything's going to be great. Moving forward, we're going to calm down. We're going to figure this out together. And I think what we can do, too, you know, and maybe this is a little bit more introspective, we can 
be honest with ourselves and we can try to, you know, accept what truths are. Right. And that's, that's where, you know, I've been on Mike McCarthy for a long time in terms of him not getting credit. Let's, you know, maybe, maybe a personal challenge for all of us this week is, Hey, who is somebody on the Cowboys, whether a coach or a player that maybe I'm speaking for all of us here. Maybe I've been hard on, right. Maybe I've been hard on. I haven't given that person enough credit and you know what? I'm wrong and I'm happy to be wrong. You know what this person has done? They have persevered. They have had success. They have found a way to contribute to this team in a high level that I thought was impossible. I have egg on my face, the same egg that was in the burger because I got so excited I ate it that way. All right. So in the spirit of this, Israel, somebody who I have said a lot of things about that I am now wrong on and I'm very happy to be wrong. Anthony Brown is a winner. Anthony Brown. I know the Cowboys had three interceptions today. And, you know, seriously, kudos to we'll get to Trayvon Diggs. Jordan Lewis just missed the winner's list as well. But Jordan Lewis was awesome. Jordan Lewis was incredible. His inter- Jordan Lewis was one of those players who, I mean, he, I wanted him to get that interception because he deserved it. Um, after having such a great game, he deserved that flash moment. Uh, but um, Anthony Brown, seriously, I mean, just uh, Musa, thank you, says Anthony Brown. He's been better and better each week. We all bag or have bagged, not all of us, maybe you believe in Anthony Brown. I have bagged on Anthony Brown because he's gotten burned, he's had bad moments, etc., and he has not been Trayvon Dix, right? Like, that's been his greatest sin this year, is that he has not been the guy getting all the interceptions. Had the pick six against Philly, he's had his moments, and of the three interceptions that happened today, his was by far the most impressive. He earned more playtime. Third down, Ryan loads up, coming near side. Well done. Well done, Anthony Brown. I was wrong. You're awesome. You're great. I suck. You're smart. I'm stupid. Um, almost messed that up, which is uh, emblematic of being stupid. J squared 104. Thank you for the reminder. I always want to be held accountable that I've been hard on Bones Fossil. I was very hard on Bones Fossil. I still disagree with the way the Cowboys got overly aggressive on the road against Los Angeles to try to block that punt. And I think that John Fossil has been a little bit too emotionally tied to Greg Zerline at times and Greg Zerline, somebody else I've been hard on. I mean, but those players have persevered. Granted, Greg Zerline didn't play in this game on the reserve COVID-19 list, but John Fossil, to his credit, believed in Lareem Harulahu and brought him in. The guy was five of five on extra points. I mean, seriously, what a, what a performance by John Fossil all around, including the blocked pun and Lareem and Anthony Brown. I'm very happy to be wrong on all these players. Uh, very nice to see. So, Anthony Brown, congratulations to you. David says, our patchwork defensive lines performance allowed the secondary to shine. They were unreal. Agree with this. This takes me to my next point. Huge winner. Huge. Get the red carpet out right now for Dorrance Armstrong, people. All right, now, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest. All right, time. It's just, it's just you and me here, right? It's just you and me. We're at a campfire. We got some hot cocoa going. We got uh, the big jackets. It's nice and cold outside. My wife and I have been watching Yellowstones. That's like all in my mind, like that outdoor sort of setting. Uh, <laughs> great show. No spoilers. We're still on season three. Uh, but um, Dorrance Armstrong, when, when, when Randy Gregory went on injured reserve this week, what I meant, what I was saying about, let's be honest, we were panicking. All right? We were panicking and, and fairly so, right? Like Cowboys going to be without DeMarcus Lawrence, going to be without Randy Gregory. The Cowboys have played two games this season without both DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Obviously have a few more to go before either one of them can return, at least two more to go before Gregory can return because of the injured reserve rules. But in those two games, they are 2-0. and All right. Now, when 
Randy Gregory was placed on injured reserve. We panicked. We can say it. We can say it now, people. It's okay. We panicked. We panicked. We were freaking out. We did not think this was going to work out. And this wasn't about Dorrance Armstrong. This was just about how could it work? How could it possibly work? The Cowboys just got embarrassed by the Broncos. The vibes were bad. The vibes were bad. And, you know, Dorrance Armstrong had an impressive preseason. And we didn't, you know, we didn't know if it would translate to the regular season. But Dorrance Armstrong was amazing in this game uh larry wright says dorrance armstrong is my boy fable says dorrance is my pet cat dude can ball out i mean seriously i mean he it was an impressive oh the detroit lions i think no sorry i thought they just had an interception pittsburgh is driving pittsburgh needs a field goal or something there's 15 seconds left or we are looking at a tie people uh but Dorrance Armstrong came in and had had a sack, was just phenomenal from a pressure standpoint, had the block punt. Again, kind of like Zeke on defense was just what the Cowboys needed. The Cowboys needed that player. They needed that person to step up and be somebody for them along the defensive line from a pass rusher perspective. They didn't play Micah Parsons as much there as we kind of thought that they would because Dorrance Armstrong came in and delivered. Incredible for him. Caleb Swanson says, when we get our D-line healthy, we might have top five scariest lines in the league. Caleb, I'm not, I'm in an optimistic mood. I'm not willing to go this far. Uh, you know, not, oh my gosh, the Steelers just fumbled, as some of you were saying in the comments. The Lions have it back. Uh, but there's it's maybe 10 seconds left if they add some time to the clock. I don't this we're looking at a tie, people. We're looking at a tie uh in this game. So we'll see what happens between the Steelers and the Lions. Steelers obviously playing without Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm not willing to go this far. However, it is worth saying that the Cowboys defense got an enormous amount of pressure in this game. I know it was the Falcons. I don't care. It's an NFL team. They deserve a lot of credit for this. Without Demarcus Lawrence, without Randy Gregory, without almost Malik Collins, <laughs> without Neville Gallimore, without uh, you know Brent Urban. I mean, this was you know who had a a sneaky honorable mention game in in this contest. Tristan Hill. I wouldn't go as far as like saying honorable mention, but his first game in a long time. This was Tristan Hill's, to put this in perspective for you, in case you forgot, this was Tristan Hill's first game for the Dallas Cowboys since the game that Dak Prescott was injured in last year against the New York Giants. It had been that long since Tristan Hill played a football game for the Dallas Cowboys. So not quite into honorable mention territory for me. Um, and, and by the way, I've been inspired through our conversation. I'm going to go adjust the written version of winners and losers. I'm going to add Jordan Lewis. I know y'all are upset about this. I'm going to add Terrence Steele. So we have 12 winners now, 12 winners around. Um, man, um, just a, a really nice performance all the way around. But but getting these players back, the Cowboys are 7-2. and two. They're about to play their Sunday before Thanksgiving game. And at some point, they are going to. It looks like this game is uh, ending in a tie, as you all are saying in the comments. Uh, I'm waiting until it's official before I say something because the NFL is crazy. The Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers have tied. So the Lions will not be the first team in NFL history to go 0-17. That is the uh, the big news right now. Uh, in the NFL, um, what a what a start to the Dan Campbell era in the three one three. But um, anyway, uh, so the fact that the Cowboys are seven and two, I think the Cowboys are seven and two with only having Demarcus Lawrence played one game. All right, they have not had you know Neville Gallimore for any of the season. The, the fact that these players are going to come back and help the Cowboys is reason to feel optimistic. You know, we we've obviously looked at the upcoming schedule for the Cowboys and what they have going on and whatnot. They have the Chiefs and the Raiders coming up next, and I know those two games sound scary. They are both against AFC teams. That's worth saying. If the Cowboys go 1-1 one and one through these first two games, 
or these first two games, these next two games, that is a win. And I know you don't want to lose any more games. I don't want to lose any more games either. But if they go one and one through this stretch, because they're going to have to play two games in a very condensed amount of time, it is a huge win because two of their three losses will be against AFC-led teams. So that's a whole different discussion we'll talk about as the week continues to unfold. But they're going to get all these people back. They're going to get all of them back. They're going to get that defensive help. And they're going to get it when the schedule really softens up for them. After this, after these two games for the Cowboys, it's – I mean, it's easy street for them, right? They've got the New Orleans Saints, who are a very different team with Trevor Simeon. They've got Washington twice. We found out this morning that Ryan Fitzpatrick unlikely to return this season. So it's the Trevor Simeon show. Trevor Simeon, goodness gracious, the Taylor Heineke show. But they did just beat Tampa today, so watch out. They've got New York once more. They've got Philly once more. They have the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, uh, I think just got a turnover against the Carolina Panthers. Hopefully Carolina holds on today. Uh, you all were talking about the turnovers for Carolina. I don't see a, a turnover for the Panthers, but we'll see. Uh, we're trying to, you know, manage a bunch of things moving forward but um congratulations to Dorrance Armstrong Kevin says loser Madden simulation in case you didn't know people we do do a Madden simulation every week here on the blog on the boys YouTube channel the Cowboys did lose this particular Madden simulation so uh yeah way to go EA you made a horrible game anyway let's move on um another winner this one's kind of obvious and maybe you should argue or maybe you could argue wasn't a whole you know great amount of contribution but I wanted to include him on the winner's list, and I went ahead and did it, and I actually don't think you're going to agree or disagree. Nashawn Wright. Nashawn Wright was the victim of the stupid rule last week against the Denver Broncos. After the Cowboys blocked the punt against Denver at the beginning of the second half, Nashawn Wright touched the ball, fumbled it. Denver got the ball back. The rule is dumb. The rule is stupid. It's the rule. I understand. It doesn't change how I feel about the rule. It's unfortunate that Nashawn Wright was connected to a stupid rules moment. It is awesome that football, the sport of football, rewarded Nashawn Wright a week later and that he got his moment in the sun. After the Dorrance Armstrong block punt, it was Nashawn Wright, who you saw, we played the clip a little while ago, recovered that ball in the end zone for the Dallas Cowboys. Got a touchdown, all right? Great moment for him. He deserved that after the way last week ended um, for him. So uh, as Scott Paul Crawford says, winner in the redemption category for sure. It's a very particular category, but really wanted to give Nishan Wright a, uh, a shout out there. Good for him. Uh, Musa says, I guess Will McClay is a huge winner with a nice set of day three gems we have now. Chauncey Golston didn't make my list, but Chauncey had a great moment, got his hand up in the air, batted a pass down. Seriously, I mean... It's really just kind of who Israel Mukwamu, who hasn't had like a moment. I mean, it feels like almost every Cowboys draft pick on defense has had a moment this season, except for Israel Mukwamu, who's been inactive more often than not. So not really necessarily something that's that's likely or possible, but great moment um, for Nishan Wright. Happy to see him get his um, his moment in the sun. Next one, Trayvon Dix. How do you not give it to Trayvon Dix? And you know, Trayvon has had a rough couple of games. Uh, we've all been hard on him. Um, I think, you know, most Cowboys fans, I don't know anybody who was uh, really um, kind of making up for Trayvon the last couple of weeks. He's had a hard time uh, against Minnesota and against Denver, obviously. But Trayvon got back in the interception category. Just good for you, Trayvon. Number eight. For nine yards in the first down. Here's Ryan. Pressure in his face. Unlike a lot of guys throughout the league, when the ball hits his hands, it's a pick. He doesn't miss many opportunities. He has such unique ball skills for a defensive player. You're going to see him here. Matt Ryan has kind of some action in his face. Pitts is open. The pressure kind of forces the ball to sail. 
He's got wide receiver type ball skills. You know, Monica Geller only counted a seven in that one episode of Friends. But Trayvon Diggs is at eight, people. Ocho interceptions for Trayvon Diggs so far this season. And, you know, we talked about this, the comment earlier about how the defense kind of, you know, rides with the offense, et cetera. That's kind of what Trayvon is. He's And this is who this defense is, right? They're opportunistic. They're, they're opportunistic, and they take their moments. And it's not a when it rains, it pours situations, but they are, they are a team that just – or a defense, rather, that just kind of has those moments. And Trayvon kind of embodies that more than anybody else. Uh, I love this comment from Kevin. says, I would have been happy to have had a DB with eight picks at the end of a season. That's a great point. I mean, if I had told you at the beginning of the season, right before the Cowboys kicked off against Tampa, if I had said one defender on this team, I hadn't even told you one defender will have eight interceptions this year. Will you take that or leave it? You would have said, I'm down. I sign up. Give it to me. I'll take it right now. You would have said that. I mean, the fact that he has that, you know, by November 14th is pretty amazing. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, um, so good for him. Good for Trayvon Diggs. Uh, shout out to him for making our winners list. Let's see here. We have gone over, um, well, we've added two winners. We've added Terrence Steele and Jordan Lewis. We've gone through Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Dorrance Armstrong, Deshaun Wright, Micah Parsons, Zeke Elliott, Anthony Brown, and Trayvon Diggs. I have one more winner left, and I'm down to go whatever directions you want, but I would like you to guess, all right? I like playing guess games. I want you to guess who my final winner is. I've got 12. Again, we'll go whatever directions you want, but I will. I would like you to, uh, you know, Guess who my final uh, winner is here. J squared 104. Uh, I think, yeah, it's 104. It says, uh, Bear being so active on the previous show, got the team fired up. Hashtag Bear for MVP. J squared, thank you so much. In case anybody has no idea what he's talking about, uh, my dog Bear was not a good boy when we filmed the preview show <laughs> this week here on the Block of the Boys YouTube channel. Uh, not a good boy for our guest when we interviewed Gina Kelly from the Falcoholic at SB Nation. He barked. He had a couple of appearances. And so, uh, you know, hey, this is a professional production we got going on here. So we try to keep the dog barking to a minimum, but couldn't avoid it this particular week. Uh, so shout out to Bear. The Cowboys are 1-0 when he appears on the pregame show. Your guesses, uh, you said Dak. We already had Dak. I mean, um, Al Harris, a good one from Burmese Star, not the one I, I have. Musa says Connor McGovern, not a bad suggestion either. Uh, Randy says the whole defense is a winner. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Christopher Summers says the Washington football team for pulling off an upset. I will not go there, but I'm fine with it if you want to say it. A lot of you got this right. I want to shout you out. Let's see here. Majestic Detail, Nathan Payne, Slime with like seven M's. Uh, we got to get you one more for Trayvon's interception number. Um, G Gagoots, also um, Chelsea Elkins, and who else got this? Uh, Lynn Gernert. I hope I'm pronouncing all these correctly. Uh, and that's it. Those are the only people I saw that got it right. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. All right. Dan Quinn. Seriously, what a performance. Dan Quinn. Congratulations. You didn't only beat, you dominated your former team in the Atlanta Falcons. What a huge win. And the reason I think that Dan Quinn, but beyond the obvious, the reason I think that Dan Quinn deserves some serious love here is this Falcons team played somewhat well last week. They beat the New Orleans Saints, and he shut them down, all right? But more than that, when the Cowboys hired Dan Quinn, you heard it like I did. It was pff, great. You, you hired the guy who blew the 28-3 to game. Pff, great. Dan Quinn, his defense was awful in Atlanta last year, right? That, that was all that people had to say, right? Oh, he's just bringing in his old Falcons. He's bringing in Keanu Neal and DeMonte Kazee. You really going to trust this, Cowboys fans? You really think that Dan Quinn 
can be different. I don't think that Dan Quinn is different, if I'm being honest with you. I think that Dan Quinn was not the only issue in Atlanta. I think it was time for them to go their separate ways. They've moved on with Arthur Smith. And you know what? And the broadcast really harped on the Falcons for this. That fourth and seven they went for early on in this game, the broadcast kept bringing that up, bringing that up. Man, this is like vogue to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, you know why the Falcons went for it on fourth down? It's because they had a, a feeling that the Cowboys offense was going to drop 43 points on them. And so in a game where you think the other team's going to score 43 points, field goals ain't going to cut it. You got to score touchdowns. I give the Falcons all the credit in the world for going for it on that fourth down. It didn't work out for them, and that's unfortunate for them. But maybe Arthur Smith is going to be an all right head coach. We'll totally see. But Dan Quinn, by the way, Devontae Smith just had a touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles, 9-0 to the lead there in Denver, extra point pending. But the, pro the point here is, Dan Quinn was not the only issue in Atlanta. He wasn't. I mean, it had just things had kind of expired. That's that just happens, right? It just things time happens. Time goes by and things just aren't working anymore. And so they had to move on their separate ways. I have said something that, you know, maybe has rang hollow a few times. I'm I'm kind of a Falcons hater. I, I didn't really know this about myself, but I've and, and if if I'm being honest with you, the, the reason I have not liked the Falcons for a long time is I always felt like Matt Ryan never got the grief that Tony Romo did. And I felt like he was not as accomplished as Tony Romo. So that always really bothered me. Um, I've told the story before. My dad and I actually went to Super Bowl 51, the 20 to three game. Uh, and I tell you what, I was already like bartering when it was 20. I was saying, you know what? Fine. Because I, I mean, I was thinking like just my luck. The one Super Bowl I go to in my life is going to be the one the Falcons win. Right? Like it's going to be terrible. It's going to suck. So shout out to the Patriots for making that not be uh, my reality that I have to live with every day. But we all know that that loss was really terrible for Atlanta, et cetera. We don't have to relitigate something from five years ago. But what is so impressive and has always been impressive to me is the very next year. I don't know if anybody knows what the 2017 Atlanta Falcons did. The 2017 Atlanta Falcons were a playoff team. And the 2017 Atlanta Falcons went to Los Angeles and beat the Rams in Sean McVay's first year as their head coach. I've always thought that that was really impressive, that they could not only, I mean, you hear all about every single year uh, about how, you know, teams struggle to get back to this or to have success after they make it to the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. The Falcons not only made it to the playoffs, they won a playoff game. That's an important question from Kevin. Uh, so I'm not exposed as a fraud. He asks, if you're a Falcons hater, why is there a Falcons helmet in the background? Kevin, uh, my my family and I, we we like to pre-pandemic times go to a Cowboys road game every year. Uh, that's something that you know we like to do. Our goal, obviously, a lot of people do this, is to see the entire NFL. My dad and I went to Atlanta in 2018. Every time I go, I like to get a jersey of that team's uh, you know sort of most beloved player and a mini helmet. You know, it's, it's kind of a trophy. You know, it's a trophy for you know being there. The Cowboys won that game, by the way. Brett Maher had a game-winning field goal against those Atlanta Falcons that day. So. It's a nice trophy for me to look at. I remember that day. So uh, that's why. But uh, but the point is, I've always thought that that was so impressive that Dan Quinn was able to get the Falcons back to the playoffs and win a playoff game because you see a lot of teams fold after losing the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl in the worst possible way you can do it. And so Dan Quinn, the fact that he got them back is is just, you know, I, I was really excited about this hire. Dan Quinn is a huge winner for this. I mean, he's been a huge winner all season long. Dan Quinn has really been um, – I don't, you know, I don't want to say this and disparage Mike Nolan, but Dan Quinn has been an adult in the room, which is what this defense really needed. And I think that Micah Parsons kind of embodies that on the field. I think there's such a great marriage. I think there's such a great kind of partnership with one another. Dan Quinn and Micah Parsons, we're seeing a lot of guys, I think just kind of embody that energy. J. Ron Curse has been somebody else to kind of come in and just take hold of that. Dan Quinn has brought 
a veteran, more mature presence to that side of the ball, which has been something that has been lacking for the Cowboys for a very, very long time. Uh, so kudos to them. Now, Martin Santos says, uh, let's see here. Uh, I've lost it. Let's see. Gallup needs to learn to catch with his hands, not shoulder pad, body catcher. Martin, I don't know if you're saying that Michael Gallup is a body catcher. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here because in no universe is Michael Gallup a body catcher. We've been there. We've done that. Not a great thing uh, to experience. Michael Gallup, we didn't play the highlight a minute ago, but Michael Gallup was awesome. In the in the little bit of time we saw, Michael Gallup was incredible. Prescott all day. He can run it if he wants. He's going to throw it. It is caught. Inbounds. Michael Gallup. First and goal. Michael Gallup has made his presence felt. This is not his route. He's going to run a double post, him and CeeDee Lamb. He sees Dak scramble, and he's just going to play to the boundary and be friendly with his quarterback. It's a guy who has a great feel, gets both feet in. Seriously, I mean, if you don't love Michael Gallup, what's going on here? Uh, by the way, two points on this. Neither really have anything to do with this. One kind of does. I saw the Athletic uh, this past week had a write-up, and I think it was the top 20 soon-to-be free agents kind of ranking the the upcoming you know free agency class of the NFL. In the top, I think it was top 20. might have been 25. But whatever the list was, Michael Gallup was not on it. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. And, and I think a lot of that is that Michael Gallup's stock from a national perspective has kind of fallen because this was only his second game of the season. And so it'll be very interesting to see what Michael Gallup's free agency sort of stock looks like when we get to free agency after the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, obviously, because again, he hasn't played a lot. Maybe the Cowboys are able to bring him back on a one-year deal. You know, maybe he wants to have a full season to kind of, you know, prove his real worth and, you know, ultimately hit the market again in 2023. We'll see. Um, great point from Chelsea Elkins here. Winner, red zone offense. All right, people, the Dallas Cowboys have not just last week, but really not been good in the red zone much this season. If Kellen Moore has had uh, a level of kryptonite. Um, it has been in the red zone, right? This Cowboys defense can sink threes all day, but for whatever reason, layups petrify them. And the red zone offense today, five, four, five, five, four, five. The Cowboys were remarkable in the red zone. Cowboys were perfect. They were literally perfect in the red zone. And so what a I mean, just a great response from this team in a lot of senses, and from an attitude perspective, from a control perspective, from a discipline perspective. Yes, there were penalties, I know, and whatnot, but I mean, this was an incredible response. Kellen Moore is clearly, you know, still, we forget how young Kellen Moore is. He's still clearly kind of finding himself as an offensive coordinator. And so to see him have this perfect day in the red zone, this was just, I mean, if, if we had laid out, right, if, if we if we all sat together around that campfire like we talked about last night and we said, what do we what what is the perfect what is the fever dream? What is Nirvana for the Cowboys after Sunday's game? Right. What, what would be all of the perfect things that we would check off if we could do it? We would have said everything that happened. Right? We, we would have we would have said Trayvon gets a pick. Anthony Brown gets a pick. Dak Prescott throws multiple touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb catches multiple touchdowns. Michael Gallup has a big moment. Zeke Elliott has a great day. Mike McCarthy has some great fourth down decisions. The Cowboys red zone is perfect. And that's exactly what happen. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. So uh, well done uh, by the Cowboys in this regard. David Ennis, thank you for the super chat. I don't know if you had a comment. I do see it now, David. Thank you for the super chat saying the Emmett picture over your shoulder, the Owens game when he ran to the midfield. One of my favorite Cowboys memories ever. 
Uh, if you're watching the show, I know some of you listen to it on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. By the way, this past week we did pass two million downloads on the year on the blog and the boys podcast network thank you thank you thank you forever thank you to everybody who chooses to listen to us uh we're just so privileged and so pleased that you uh you choose us for dallas cowboys content it really does mean the world this picture if you are watching on our youtube channel or facebook page is emmett setting the record against seattle in 2000 uh goodness gracious my dog is knocking at the door this is emmett setting the record uh so uh really uh appreciate you know the comment here because this this photo means a lot to me it means a lot to dallas cowboys fans obviously this this is one of the greatest moment moments in dallas cowboys history uh so uh you know shout out to emmett friend of blogging the boys emmett smith by the way so uh kudos to him uh let's i like this comment from skyler i i think it's a mella might be a maya skyler says Winner, Cowboys fans, let's go, baby. I like this, all right? And we are winners here. I'll be honest with you, all right? And I, I'm going to speak for you right now, all right? Last week sucked, right? Last week sucked. When the Cowboys lose, it sucks. But when they get embarrassed, it's awful. I would, I would bet that you have a lot of friends or family members or people on the internet who hit you up. What happened to your Cowboys, huh? What happened? Big, big fans, you figured it out, huh? Got that blueprint. Watch out, baby. Those Atlanta Falcons, they beat the Saints. You're about to lose two in a row, and then you're going to have to go to Kansas City and play Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to lose. You're going to be a loser. Ha, ha, ha. And it sucks. It sucks because your team lost, and they lost in embarrassing fashion. So we had to just grin and bear it, right? That's what, that's all we could do. We had to just wait and bide our time and hope and pray and believe that the Cowboys would you know, make us feel better. And they did. We made it through. We are Andy Dufresne people on the other side of the tunnel. And it feels amazing to be in this rain. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Dallas Cowboys fans. We made it. Awful week, but a good week is now coming after the Cowboys thrashed the Atlanta Falcons. By the way, time is going to move very quickly here, all right? Thanksgiving is coming up next week, so Sunday, obviously, we'll do this whole song and dance again. And then very quickly, we got another game on Thursday. Then they play on the Thursday after that. So things are going to get a little bit weird and wonky around here, but we'll be here with each other throughout the whole thing. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, G. Gagoot says, this week was the absolute opposite of last week, highlight-wise, player-wise, coaching-wise. Everything. We will have highlights, by the way, of this week's game, this week's win against the Atlanta Falcons, available here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. So do subscribe. Those will be coming out on Monday morning. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kevin says, cards are going to get blown out. I don't see a score. If somebody can update us here, because we are a family uh, on the score, I have the Red Zone channel, and Scott Hansen has us in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium where the Chargers are tied with the Vikings at three apiece. Uh, so uh, we'll see what the uh, score. I actually have the score here. I have another tab open. Why don't I just use the internet? It is 17 to 0 Panthers, and they have the football with 10 and a half minutes left in the first half. Thank you to Majestic Detail and Carl Smith on letting us know the score. That would be a huge win. Let's kind of shift focus now and shift gears and look at, um, at kind of what we have, you know, kind of hanging left for the Cowboys. So here we are. If I can get out of the way of this graphic here. Next up for the Cowboys is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders, right? So say they win one of those games, right? Let's be conservative, right? I know you're thinking like the Cowboys aren't losing any more games, but let's be conservative. One win here. After this, the Cowboys have New Orleans on the road at Washington, at New York, Washington at home, Arizona at home, at Philly to end the regular season. I think of these final six games, they probably win at least four, maybe five 
and and maybe they lose that Philly game. Freak, don't freak out because they don't play their starters. Maybe it's not necessary. Maybe they're already kind of locked into playoff position, whatever the case may be. But the Cowboys are in a great place now because of the fact that the Buccaneers lost. And we'll obviously see what happens uh, throughout the rest of the day with the Packers. We're rooting for them to lose. We're rooting for the Rams to lose as well. We're rooting for everybody who's a contender to the Cowboys to lose, obviously, if that that, you know, isn't obvious. We do a rooting guide for you, by the way, every single week at bloggingtheboys.com. We make a graphic. We put it out on social media. The Miami Dolphins won on Thursday night. We get a lot of questions sometimes. Why are we rooting for the Dolphins? Why are we rooting for the Chicago Bears? Why are we rooting for the Indianapolis Colts, who also won today? The reason is that the Philadelphia Eagles own the first-round pick that belongs to the Miami Dolphins next year. They will very likely own the first-round pick that belongs to the Indianapolis Colts, and the New York Giants own the first-round pick that belongs to the Chicago Bears. So we want to see all three of those teams continue to win and push those picks as far back as possible. So a Dolphins win today is huge. A Colts win today is huge. A Buccaneers loss today is huge. A Cowboys win today is obviously huge. If we can get losses from the Cardinals, Packers, or Rams, some sort of combination, maybe all of them, maybe this week is just really kind to us, uh, that would be, you know, That'd be pretty cool. I'm being honest. It should be pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Skyler says, not worried about the division. It's more of a principle. Uh, family show here, Skyler. Family show on the final word towards Philadelphia. Um, agree, 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 agree. Uh, just a great, great day. Great day. Seriously, just a fun, fantastic, perfect day. Exactly what the doctor ordered. You ever, you ever like, you know, you ever just want a meal, right? It's like maybe it's your birthday or anniversary or something. And, and you know, somebody says, what do you want to go eat? We'll go wherever you want. We'll go have your favorite thing, whatever. And you say, I want to go to X and I want to order Y. And you have told yourself, like, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be great. That meal is going to be amazing. It's going to be everything I want it to be. And you go there and you have the meal. And then that happens, right? That happens. That exact thing happens. It's bliss. It's perfect. It's everything you want. It's everything. It's beautiful. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's perfect. That's what today was. Today was exactly that. We said we need this kind of win. In fact, we like I said, if you don't believe me, go back and listen to the postgame show last week after the Cowboys lost. We said we will only buy this, that this week was what the Cowboys needed, that they needed to eat this humble pie and all this stuff. We will only believe this to be true if they go out and destroy the Falcons the very next week. So if you fell off the train a little bit, maybe you were kind of like an old Western hanging off the rails on the side or whatever like that, and you're kind of thinking – I'm ready to get back on the train. Get back on. Come back on. Get on the train, people. All right. The Dallas Cowboys are seven and two. All right. They are seven and two. Life looks good for them. They're going to win double-digit games. They're going to win more than that. This is a this is one of the very best teams in the NFL. And it's okay to say that. It's real. You can trust it. You can believe in it. You can tell everybody around you that the Dallas Cowboys are one of the very best teams in the NFL. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun as the holidays pick up, and we're going to have a good time experiencing it all with you, all of us together. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and do that. So um yeah. Well, what a great day. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from bloggingtheboys.com, the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel here, the Blog and the Boys podcast network, basically the Blog and the Boys universe. The Carolina Panthers, by the way, kicking a field goal, and it is good. They are up 20 to nothing on the Arizona Cardinals with nine minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. Come on, Panthers. We believe in you. Uh, but seriously, I say it all the time, and I say it because we want you to know Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing us, for making us a part of your Dallas Cowboys fan experience. We are all Dallas Cowboys fans. And the fact that we can experience this together, the highs, the lows, we can come together, celebrate, commiserate, whatever the case may be, is truly the coolest thing in the world to me. So thank you for choosing us. If you haven't yet, please consider subscribing here to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. 
Uh, subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. If you can, leave a rating. If you can, write a review. Those things really, really, really help us out. Uh, we'll have new shows coming out every single day because the world of the Dallas Cowboys never stops turning. So we make sure that you always have something going on. Uh, we'll be back here with the highlights. Like I said on Monday, then we'll have a live roundtable on Tuesday. So the good times are here, people. Congratulations to you, the Dallas Cowboys fan, the biggest winner of the day in my mind. I'm talking to you, looking at you right now, talking specifically to you. You are a winner. Congratulations to you. Thanks for joining us, everybody. The Dallas Cowboys rule. We'll see you next time.